Hey everyone, I hope you're doing well. It is your friend and neighbor, Samuel Richards. And I'm here to give you a couple updates before we start our newest episode of Community Roots. First, I wanted to tell you about our Patreon. It is launching in about 10 days. This is one of our newest projects that I am so excited for because it's a way that we can really grow and spread this message of mental health, good mental health. Um, so I just wanted to tell, tell you guys about our $5 entry just so you can learn a little bit about it. Um, it includes all of our bonus content, and that includes uh, we're going to start putting out monthly episodes of Unpack That as well as monthly uh, episodes of listener questions. Um, and then you get access to all that, all our future b- bonus content. If we do any, uh, traveling shows, if we, uh, interview some people that we can't quite fit into off the beaten path, then all of that will become available. So, uh, I call that the en route package. So, If you are interested in supporting us, definitely click on the Patreon link and head over there. Uh, None of this actually starts until May 1st, so you've got some time before it charges you, and you've got some time before you have access to our content. But putting your name in now is a way that you can say, hey, I support you guys. And uh, it'll also kick you right back up, so you'll start right on May 1st. Also, go ahead and click uh, the link tree at the bottom of the description so that you can see our Facebook and Instagram, uh, or you can search Facebook and Instagram for at communityroots.pod. That's the way that we get a lot of our updates to you, as well as some mental health tips and other things that we find interesting. So go ahead and check that out. Definitely check us out on iTunes if you enjoy the show and rate and review us. All of that definitely helps us go up in the charts, uh, puts mental health on a broader pedestal, and just really shares the word. If you like this, just tell us what you like. Every time we get a new review, there's always a little text back and forth with each other as we kind of share those words of affirmation with each other. So thanks, and we look forward to future feedback. I wanted to end on just reaching out and saying if you have a question or concern or these topics kind of hit you deep or you have something to add to the conversation, please reach out to us. Uh, We love building that community. We love connecting with you all. And so go ahead and email us at communityroots.pod at gmail.com or you can go to Facebook and Instagram and message us through there. We have already had some great conversations with listeners, so please don't hesitate to reach out. We'd love to hear from you. So I think I've kept you long enough. I hope you enjoy our newest episode. I will talk to you soon.
Hi everyone, welcome to Community Roots, a place where we gather in community to talk about mental health so we can travel the journey of life together. I'm Samuel Richards. I'm Julie Richards. I'm Sarah Wakefield. And we have continued the quarantine. We are recording from home and um, I'm excited for this conversation. Our bi-weekly chat. So I thought we would start off with a check-in a little bit. I was part of a meeting with colleagues yesterday that I will give credit to um, Jan Bergstrom on her questions that she asked us for our check-in. But I thought we could do that with our little Community Roots family here and ask what has been the hardest part, what's been the most helpful, and what are you learning as it relates to COVID-19 and the quarantine. Who wants to start? I think Samuel does. Okay, I'll start again. Um, I mean, for the first time. (laughs) 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 Um, Okay, uh, what has been the hardest part? I, I actually like getting some distance from it. I think that the hardest part has definitely been um, the influx of news. Like, I feel like the news is constant and overwhelming. Um, Another thing that I find difficult, too, is just kind of like the crappy weather combined with nothing else being open. Like, uh, I feel trapped sometimes indoors, and whenever it's raining outside or it's like 30 degrees outside as things are in Ohio right now. It makes it difficult for me, too, because then I feel like I'm confined to the same two spaces, like my garage and my house. So that can be a little bit frustrating as well. So Feeling cooped up. Right, cooped up, and just wanting a change of scenery. Like, I've been going to the food bank recently, and just getting that out of the house is like, sad but it's also like I need that 20 minute drive total like elapsed to just go pick it up and come back but anyway maybe we can tackle these questions one-on-one if Sarah you want to take the first well you missed my reference there to cooped up you know with the chickens Mm. ah chicken cooped up oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) um had to get the full the the full effect in there You can't m- mention chickens around Sarah because then she'll just start laughing uncontrollably. You said you were trying to help your chickens. Like, <laughs> what is that? <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. My hardest part during this quarantine, honestly, you know, I had I had thought I had a different answer earlier. Um, I mean, while I was thinking about this, but truly, if I'm going to be real. <laughs> It's the fact that I am not as active as I have been and I'm like, my clothes don't fit the same way. I, I put a pair of jeans on the other day and I kind of regretted it. And it's hard because I was getting into such a great routine before all of this started um, with, you know, doing um, some strength training classes, being active um outside the house and you know my walk to work was a half mile so I was getting at least a mile in of walking each day plus whatever I did on the side and I was doing hot yoga uh three two to three days a week and I was just feeling so good and then this happened and the first two weeks it was you know eating gummy bears and ice cream and just trying to get through whatever the like this whole chaos of uncertainty and 
you know, and now I'm, you know, I'm starting to add activity back in now that I've kind of settled into somewhat of a routine. But I think the hardest part has just been not like facing that, 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 um, change in my, in my physical, um, self. I think one of my hard, hardest parts, even the answer to this question is evolving. I'm realizing, cause when I answered it yesterday, I right away knew that it was that I'm kind of a deep processor and having all this information overload from so many sources that everybody thinks they need to send you an email or an update from companies and all these training programs that are being offered for free that I'm trying to weed through to figure out which things do I really want to prioritize. And it's just all been overload and too much. And at the same time that I am feeling like I need to slow down or this idea where people are saying, oh, you'll have more time to rest. I'm thinking, how do I get to that? Because I, that's been a challenge. But I think one of the hardest parts today as I'm realizing it is just how the, the waves of things, this is how it seems to, to me in my mind as I'm processing it, is that we had the first wave of closings of all those different things we would say in a row like schools and restaurants and libraries and gyms and hair salons and everything else and then there was the wave of hearing that people are testing positive or people are dying and so that becomes a new reality and then where I feel like we're in a a third wave right now is people are talking about when they want to reacclimate to society and you know the beaches are open in Florida and people are talking about they need to earn an income for their family and they're not going to live by fear so they're wanting to get back to work and all the different angst I think of everybody's emotions of being tired of being in quarantine or um kind of that cooped up feeling or whatever um, and kind of wondering where this transition will go for us in this next phase because it's kind of like I think going to go through various phases of it maybe I'm curious like if there would be a level that they give us like you know color code it like they did after 911 or something to show us like what level of safety do we even have, if they even have a clue on that or not. I don't know how possible that is, but I guess those are some of the areas that have been hard for me. Um, <clears throat> I do want to go on with some of these other questions so that we move through the episode, but I did want to comment on one of those thoughts, just being like kind of the let up of the quarantine. I think that makes things difficult because everybody is talking about like oh things are going to open up and things are like uh we're gonna open up businesses blah 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 blah. like ohio is talking about opening up on may 1st and so um that mixed with sort of like just feeling tired of being at home feels like a dangerous combination where i feel myself wanting to let up to like relax on a lot of things, even though it's still just as dangerous and unsafe out. I'm like mentally like, Oh, maybe I should go to the store and pick up this, even though I definitely don't need to go to the store for anything. I'm just looking for some difference to the like same 
repeating nature. So that's just what I thought of whenever you brought up um, kind of people wanting to get out of this quarantine. Like I also myself feel it and then it makes it double as hard when other like I know we shouldn't do it. Like I know even if they let up the quarantine, I'll be staying at home. And the thing that's confusing to me, too, is like I thought Ohio was a leading state of our leadership and how we're, you know, so well informed by Dr. Acton and, you know, their projections and how closely they're watching this. And so I assumed that we were taking a pretty wise, but also like conservative, let's be careful kind of approach. And then hearing that other states are, you know, closing school until the end of the year, at least. And I've heard of, you know, some different closings for the summer and various things. So I'm I'm feeling a little bit confused about Ohio right now. I have to confess, I have not been listening to the daily check-ins that they do. So I might just be misinformed or needing to update on some of that. But I'm just curious if we get to this May 1st time that they if they are letting up how we went from being really on top of it and being closed to I don't know I I guess I'll be curious to see how that all unfolds and happens so I'm going to move on to the most helpful like what what about this quarantine has been the most helpful to me right is that what we're kind of going for um I think I was trying to think about this like I don't know. I think it's been, I, it's made me a, definitely appreciative of my partner because I think that we have gotten along really well and we've supported each other very well. And um, we're learning to respect each other's boundaries and stuff like that. So I feel like a strengthening maybe of my relationship bonds um, as well as I also think of contacting old friends again during this quarantine. Like I've found myself talking to people from my history from like high school and college and being able to catch up with them in some ways uh has also been sort of like reaching out kind of like the importance of sadness like if you reach out then people reach out back to you and I I felt that in this quarantine that's been um really helpful and I got little chicks so those have also been fun (laughs) Hmm, the most helpful for me during this time, um, I think it's really helped me understand more about how introverted I am. I'm a very high-functioning introvert. I can mingle and socialize, and I go to work, and I FaceTime with a lot of people, face-to-face, not just FaceTime. Um, and then once that day's over, I, I keep pushing myself because I have more things to do. But really, I am an introvert and I need downtime that I can't just go from work to socializing and then go straight to bed. I have to have like this is pre-quarantine. Um, I have to have like an hour or two of when my brain can settle. And um, and this time has really helped me understand that I really do function best when I have a lot of alone time or non-FaceTime. I feel very content with it. And that is something that I haven't experienced since I was a kid. You know, when I was really young, I was homeschooled 
and, um, and, you know, living on a farm, I would just spend all this time by myself. And I haven't had that. And this is the first time that I've really had that. So I think I'm learning more about myself and how much I appreciate um, just being by myself or or doing my own thing or that you're pretty good company right Sarah <laughs> you're like I'm learning I'm good company for I'm, myself <laughs> I'm just so happy to be by myself um but I it does teach me how my energy levels fluctuate you know and mm-hmm. and what I need in order to have connected relationships and con- meaningful relationships and what that what that looks like for me mm-hmm. yeah I think similarly I would say what's been helpful for me is to know where I have limits and that I can't do everything that I want to do I can't um, have the same amount of uh, drive or motivation or production like to get something done whenever I need to take into account that things are at times overwhelming or exhausting or just too much. So having to pace myself, which probably ties in then to what I'm learning, um, which is um, more about myself and really what my body is telling me, like to listen a little bit more somatically to when I need to rest or when I need to lighten up on my expectations for myself for that day. And how I need to pace it and keep a sense of balance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, balance is extremely important right now. And it's so hard to find it because everything keeps, it feels like everything keeps changing. And it feels like a high stress moment. So I'm willing to be more relaxed with myself if that's my third cookie. <laughs> <laughs> And as far as high stress moment, like indefinitely, right? you know, continuous. because yeah, it's ongoing, it's kind of chronic, kind of constant of all of that unknown and uncertainty that we're just right in the middle of, and we really don't have an idea of how long. So that's really where we wanted to go with this episode today. Um, last time on Community Roots, we talked about our initial reactions to COVID-19 and some different emotions that we experience with that. And we thought for this part two edition, we would talk about how we sustain ourselves in this time. Like what's our long-term plan, particularly whenever we feel exhausted. Yeah. So maybe this was an awesome representation, if I do say for the three of us, of a good uh, conversation with those three questions, just to check in with ourselves. So just to go over them, I'll put them in the show notes as well, but just so everybody knows, what has been the hardest part? What has been the most helpful? And what are you learning? And those are just a good check-in for uh, your friends and family. Or even to, I, I think relationally, it's great to conversation starters to connect with your friends and family, as well as people who want a journal prompt to be able to reflect back on COVID-19. What are some things that you might want to journal about? I think those three questions are helpful for that, too. So let's talk a little bit about, I guess, first of all, what makes this um, quarantine such an exhausting time, like understanding some of the 
exhaustion behind uh, mental, emotional, relational strain that we've been under for quite a while. I actually wanted to take that um, and ask a question about cortisol levels, because we were just talking about how this is such a high stress time and, you know, the exhaustion of being at a heightened level of stress. I mean, that's permeating everything. So it'd be interesting to know if we could, you know, if we were all still going to the doctor regularly or taking our blood pressure at home regularly, just to know what that was doing to our bodies, the effect of this high stress time on a phys- on a chemical level with our bodies, because that has to play a huge portion into this exhaustion. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think stress, especially, it's interesting that stress can can be a good thing for us. It's not something that we want to remove from our lives or from our children. Like stress can be something that teaches us or guides us in knowing uh, what we need or being able to respond to that or build resilience through it. So there are good things with stress. It's not that we need to have a complete absence of stress, but whenever we're spending a long amount of time, like outside our window of tolerance, for instance, that we've mentioned before, or everything is just too much, too hard, too long. uh, We need to be able to give ourselves more support in that time to bring those stress levels down. Well, I guess I'm just looking for some conversation around this idea of exhaustion and like one of the one of the areas that I personally see it is information overload because like I mentioned one of the things that is the hardest part for me that it has been so much to take in and to process because every company is trying to share their view on COVID-19 or how they're keeping you safe or the extra emails, the extra um, communication that happens, all the extra trainings, like all of those things are awesome in and of themselves. That's great to communicate. That's a healthy thing to do. Or it's great to have opportunities to be trained or to learn more. But when you have it flooding in all at once, when you're in a time that is already uh, overwhelming, you know, where you're trying to figure out how you can process something when you're in the middle of it, you know, so often time is an interesting thing with trauma because we're often not fully processing something as we're going through it. We actually have to continue to process after an event and look back on and all those emotions that we're feeling, all this energy towards like that we mentioned in our episode last time, you know, all the grief, the sadness, the numbness, you know, the overwhelm, the maybe irritation, frustration, agitation type things, all of those have energy in them that will go on longer than the quarantine. And so it's not like it'll be fully processed when we get through that. So all of this, you know, information overload or whatever you want to call it is just taking a toll on us all the time. Yeah. What is the best way to prepare yourself for long-term trauma like that? Because I also, I read that like journaling is really good for processing in the moment as well as like just taking good care of yourself. Like a lot of the tips that we talk about on the show, as far as like mental well-being and mental tips is 
like exercising, eating, drinking water, stuff like that. But then I also read somewhere that processing your trauma too early can be harmful. Is is that true? Or sh- would you recommend just processing as you go through it anyway? I've never actually heard that, that too soon is harmful. I would say maybe in the sense of like for someone wanting to are you talking about like someone trying to process something while they're in it? It's possible. Maybe they were talking from a standpoint of like a car crash and then trying to like pull somebody from the car crash and being like, let's process this traumatic moment right now. <laughs> um, but rather, uh, I was just curious because I read that kind of um, further down. I think they were talking about like PTSD and how sometimes you can like inflame the PTSD by talking about it too soon um but it was also just like a random user comment rather than the actual main article which was about how to keep good good mental health through the pandemic so that's where i was just asking because i think i had heard that somewhere else before but i um am obviously good to uh give it over to the actual therapist rather than the random user on reddit (laughs) (laughs) Well, what comes to mind for me is someone who is wanting to, for instance, go to counseling because they are trying to work through trauma in their life. And sometimes they want to uh, go quickly or, you know, they want to see a sense of accomplishing something or feeling a sense of relief from their distress or um there's a sense of urgency to it because they're so overwhelmed or because they want to uh, get through it quickly. But in reality, it's better in the counseling setting to have a safe therapeutic rapport and connection so that you can feel grounded and able to work through all the layers of it. So in that regard, I can see where you wouldn't want to cause damage by processing too much too quickly. As far as do we have to wait until the quarantine is over or COVID-19 is behind us before we can start processing it, I don't see the value in that. I think that what you are able to take in, I think the thing that would be most emphasized, you know, from trauma experts that I'm familiar with uh, with Bruce Perry or Bessel van der Kolk, it would be to dose it and to titrate it. So you're just doing a little bit at a time. So we don't, what can be re-traumatizing or making the trauma worse is if you try to take it all in and do it all at once and be intense with it. It's really something you have to be uh, more intentionally slow about and just doing a small amount of at a time, or we will um, increase the trauma or cause more of a like resistance to it that we would avoid it or that we would have to uh, bury it, stuff it, numb it, medicate it, all those different things that we do that aren't healthy. But if we're able to keep it in small doses and reflect on it here and there for just a little bit, it makes it much more manageable. That's going to keep it within our window of tolerance so that we can just a little at a time, start to make sense of it. So the idea of how we process trauma, do we do that 
while we're in the middle of trauma or do we wait until we feel like we've gotten through some of it or how how do we do the timing with that? I would say that it, it's helpful if you are able to process as you go through something to the extent that you feel able to and to do just a little bit of reflection at a time and not trying to kind of dive into the deep de- deep end of feeling all your feelings at once and getting drowned by them. Um, if you're not particularly familiar with what it's like to feel or um, you don't know how to kind of pace that or balance it, then you don't want to um, suddenly be in the deep end and drowning with it. And so like a metaphor that I sometimes use Um, is the image of a faucet that if we can kind of turn a faucet slowly on and allow some of the emotion to come through so that we're able to feel some of it, um, but we're able to slow it down a little bit whenever it's coming too much too fast. We don't just completely burst the pipes open with everything that we're feeling. We try to take it a little bit at a time and do it slowly. So like reducing our pace um, what was that? What would that look like, Julie? If you don't mind, um, for us right now, as we are stuck in these homes and maybe feeling overwhelmed with all of our feelings, but what's a? Can you kind of walk us through doing that right now? So sure, I think similarly to the check in that we did at the beginning with each other, whenever we're doing that sort of a check in with ourselves throughout the day. And one of the great questions I think that is helpful that speaks to our brainstem, I heard this great quote this week um, by a colleague that said, um, the way we talk to our brainstem is by noticing. And so the idea of that being like, what am I noticing in my senses right now? What am I seeing? What am I hearing? How am I experiencing this um, externally, like around the room? When I look around the room, what am I noticing internally? Um, do I have tension in my shoulders or my neck or my back? Am I taking time to breathe slowly? Am I drinking um, enough water? So kind of getting a feel for where I am um, within myself, but also how am I interacting with others? All of that kind of self-awareness type check-ins that you can do with yourself. You might want to do a, a scaling kind of method of how am I feeling today, zero to 10? Am I noticing like I'm feeling this level of depressed type feelings or sadness, or am I feeling um, another level of anxious thoughts and feelings? Um, if you want to track one particular aspect or another you can kind of use that zero to ten or sometimes people like to do like a zero to three because it's less numbers and less choices so you kind of find what feels good for you and what works for you to kind of stay in touch with yourself and to be able to reconnect with yourself Um, that's a way of processing through the trauma as we're going through it you're not you're not spending your whole day doing it, you know, thinking all the time and being um, introspective and reflective constantly. But you're able to kind of throughout the day, maybe it's in the morning or in the night or maybe it's a midday thing. But you kind of just check in and pause and notice at different points. 
I also think in terms of like um, getting able to like flex that muscle, like use it in a way that the more you get used to it, then the easier it is. Like what happened was I was um, learning how to meditate at working at Banana Republic and I just do it on my breaks because honestly I'd get to work so early in the morning that I'd be just exhausted. So I needed like a 10 minute mental nap on my break. And, um, but I found myself doing it throughout the day, uh, even unprompted just to be able to check in my, with myself. And it was just like a quick check-in. So I definitely think it is kind of like a muscle. If you just purposefully train it at first, then you'll start getting, you'll check in with yourself more often throughout the day. I think that's a great analogy, looking at it as building that muscle and being more mindfully aware that there are different pauses that you can take through the day um if you're you know working at your computer a lot for your job and you take those stretch breaks like um get up and walk around the room just move to a different room those pauses can be moments of checking in with yourself just kind of being aware of what you're experiencing i was uh probably last weekend i was in a hammock that we set up um in our porch and I started to get overwhelmed with so much anxiety and that's my go-to my automatic self or like I just anytime I'm feeling anything I, I hit anxiety levels and through practicing and through therapy um, I kind of I took that anxiety and I wrestled with it for a little bit and it and I unpacked some sadness um, and mm-hmm. and it was really interesting to be able to like I hit this anxiety and I kind of asked myself okay, like, what's this coming from? Like, why am, not so much a why am I anxious, but like, what is this doing in me? Like, where is this coming from? And I sat with it. And then all of a sudden, all this grief, all this sadness just came to the, to the top. And Mm -hmm. it allowed me to identify what the emotion was behind the anxiety, or at least some of it, and then to address it and to allow, and then I just allowed myself to be sad for a little bit. And said man I am sad like this is a lot of work going on in this moment um and I I'm relating to that of that that slowing down of that taking a self-assessment unfortunately like for me the anxiety just hits and that's when I have to take the self-assessment because I don't I need to do that more often throughout the day Mm -hmm. um I think that would help with before I hit an anxiety level if I'm yeah for sure um some slow, some um, more frequent check-ins so that there's, they can be smaller. Mm-hmm. One of the things that Bruce Perry talks about um, as related to COVID-19 was how mentally, emotionally, and physically exhausting all of this is. Um And the idea to pull back and just slow everything down because part of how we experience trauma is that there's this loss of time and we can't figure out if it's happening too fast and too much or if or how to take it all in. Um, And so he suggested um, to be able to really downshift and reduce your pace of what you're trying to accomplish and make it more um, kind of a fraction of what you normally do. 
so that you are able to handle it more instead of having, you know, business as usual, keep going at the same pace to um, really adjust and adapt to a more reasonable level. I think also playing into what I see with that comment is I know that slowing everything down is important to you, mom, just in the conversations we've had. Um, something that I see a little bit with that is like uh, being more forgiving with yourself and just being okay and um, kind of having some more patience. Patience is something I would add to what I learned, what I'm learning throughout mm. all this. And so um, I see that pull back, slow everything down as like, you know what, if you don't do all the million things that you had hoped that you would do at the beginning of the day, that's okay. And it might seem bigger because that's all you have going in your life right now is like what you have planned for that day uh, as opposed to like other people's stories or hardships and stuff. So anyway, I see that as a thing to also say, pull back from being so stressed about yourself and stuff like that and what you plan to do. I think that's a great validation that you just gave there of why it feels so overwhelming is because our day in front of us is everything right now. <laughs> like everything that we had hoped to do or connect with or, um, or to even help ourselves feel okay is all surrounded in what's happening right now. Cause it's just all, all we have right now kind of in a way so that makes sense i think yeah to just explain expand on it a little bit just like uh yesterday today and tomorrow i think that's what it feels like those are the three days right now it's it's less monday tuesday wednesday and more what happened yesterday what happened today and what happens tomorrow that's a cool perspective I like it. So some of what in how are we going to sustain ourselves in this time? Like what's our plan for all of this exhaustion? A couple of things came to mind to us as we were reflecting on where we would want to take this episode. And the same concepts that we've talked about before came up on how we stay um grateful for things, finding those um, moments of gratitude that we always end our episodes on, but then also how we are building resilience and that this is not just a time of uh, traumatic experience. It's also an opportunity for post-traumatic growth and what we're developing and skills and muscles that are being built because we are going through a storm and because it's teaching us how to navigate in new experiences and to use that in future times that we will need um, that same insight, wisdom, growth, um, muscle, resiliency in the future. We... We kind of talked about some of these like tips in our um, like resiliency and aces or maybe our holiday help episode, just kind of the importance of um, 
gratitude, the importance of being able to be like flexible yet still standing strong. So this kind of ties into our question as well as what are you learning? Like what are your takeaways? What will be the things that you uh, actually feel an immense amount of connection to from COVID-19 that maybe were life-changing for you in the best of ways? What are some of those things? I think as we articulate that, we find some of the um, depth of resiliency in that. Um, you know, it was as we're processing all of this together, this idea of gratitude and resiliency, I feel a little weary almost um, for finding gratitude. And I think it's because it's a muscle I haven't used. This idea of finding something to be grateful for right now. Um, I don't know why it's striking a chord with me as we as we go through this, because I know it's healthy and I know it's um, it's, you know, like eating your vegetables. Right. And it's something that if you don't eat vegetables, then you're less likely to want to eat them. But your body craves them. Your body needs identifies the need for those nutrients. The. The resiliency, I think, I also struggle with because my anxiety will flare up and I don't feel resilient and I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to try. Like, it's part of the exhaustion right now is I'm exhausted and the idea of building resiliency sounds like work. And, you know, that's just, I'm just speaking candidly, but. I think what we're going to talk about next will help us build that resiliency without it being work, without it feeling like more effort because more effort right now, I'm already exhausted. So I'm already at zero. (laughs) You know, it just feels like I'll go into negative territory if I have to give any more of myself. Um, But go ahead, Samuel. Before we, yeah, before we jump into what we're about to jump into, I wanted to talk about resiliency because I think it's cool because you already did it. Like if you're listening to this podcast and the three of us on the phone, we are resilient people. We've been through trauma. We've been the fact that we're still breathing makes us resilient. And um, your survival rate is 100 percent because every day you got through up till now, every single day you made it through. And so resiliency is. I think more about trying to just take care of yourself while you're already surviving, but not to in any way say, uh, this is just why I think resiliency is one of, um, one of my more favorite tools in the belt, just to remind myself like, Hey, I'm here. We're 30 days into the quarantine. Like we're over a month into the quarantine. I've already done most of it. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm already halfway, like however long this is going to last, I've already been doing it. And so, uh, this resiliency is something that all of us have within ourselves. Like uh, off air, we were talking about adaptability and how adapting can be so difficult sometimes. But that's also everything we've ever done ever is just adapt to a new situation. Like uh, I would say one of my more difficult things with this quarantine has been the monotony rather than the adaptation, which I guess is adapting to monotony, which is kind of <laughs> ironic. <laughs> but I, I get passionate about resiliency. 
because I think of people and I think like all of us have been through a lot and we're already resilient. It's not, it's something that you've already done. Mm. And so you can work on making it better, but you're already a resilient person. Whether or not you get in your enough gratitude for the day or if you get enough water or enough, like if you're eating healthy food rather than potato chips, you've already done it. You're resilient. You did it. I think, And you can maybe do it better, but you've already accomplished the the resiliency part and so maybe working our on our resiliency is a way that um we can benefit but it's a trait we already have and i think what that also speaks to which is so cool as you were sharing very um vulnerably and honestly sarah about the struggle of gratitude or feeling resilient i was thinking about how important it is for us to have that sense of community and connection because mm we don't have to come up with that alone. I mean, Stephen Porges's polyvagal theory is all about that we need that ventral vagal social engagement interaction with each other so that when you start to feel like you're slipping and you're weary, there's someone there like Samuel just echoed in with his, let me tell you about resiliency. And yeah. he was passionate about it. And I felt the energy in that. And there's a shift there that's like, okay, I don't have to come up with this by myself. I'm not going to just, you know, go off in the corner or collapse or drown. I'm going to be connected to people that we can support each other and and walk together, which isn't just about, you know, pulling somebody out of a sad or hard place because sometimes it's just a matter of presence and sitting with them in it. So I'm not wanting to suggest, you know, that it's, getting you out of the mood that you're in but there's also a sense of just needing that presence with others and um that's what popped in my head with the whole ventral vagal like we find resiliency by being with people and walking together with people which is what we really want to accomplish in this podcast too I definitely felt that Samuel wasn't trying to drag me out so much as it, it was a connectedness of a, you're not alone, <laughs> like jumping down in the hole with me and saying, oh yeah, like, but you're resilient. Like you, you're in this hole. This is, but I'm here too. And I really appreciate that. I think that's what this connectedness is all about is knowing that you're not alone, that it's not a matter yeah. of trying to get you away from where you are. Yeah. Like you're saying it's, it's joining you and that connectedness is a lifeline. Absolutely. So there was an article that was posted um, by Eileen Feliciano. We're trying to work on her name. And I am so sorry if I completely botched that. Um, But the title of the article is Mental Health Wellness Tips for Quarantine. And she came up with 25 different things. And at the time of this recording it has had over 84,000 reads and so there are people that are definitely benefiting from the encouragement in this list but I thought we would just kind of close with which of these 25 things are we finding ourselves using that have been helpful what's working for you Well, I'll start. Um, I will say I will stick this link in the show notes so that everybody can um, also uh, participate and kind of like, what are you doing well in? But um, so click it now. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, so uh, one of the ones I've been uh, practicing, I think, really well is 
Uh, number two, like dress for the social life you want, not the social life you have. Like, um, I think that for me, having a good set of clothes on, I feel confident, like brush teeth. So I don't feel like I'm just exhuming like coffee breath. Um, I think are both beneficial to me and I think I've just made it a point. It's rather like there are totally days that I'm totally just in sweats and, um, a, uh, hoodie but I totally think that um, I'm more productive on days that I dress ready for the day and like I'm getting up Um, and then maybe some other ones that I thought of as well was getting outside every day Um, Connie and I are like it stopped raining at like 10 p.m. a couple nights ago and we're like now's our chance get outside (laughs) (laughs) we'll walk real quick even if it's to the end of the block Um, I think that nature is something that, um, heals us mentally. And so, um, I'm a big proponent of, uh, that sort of thing. And just to say it, uh, it is kind of fun to, to walk in the rain with a really cute umbrella. (laughs) I really love the color of my umbrella. It's bright and kind of a pinkish roseish color that it just makes me happy to have it. And sometimes it's kind of fun to walk in the rain. So it doesn't have to be something that keeps you inside. I think that's a good point. And I also think, too, like uh, I that just brought up for me one of the tips to get your kids to wash their hands is to get them a special soap, like a soap that they pick out and they like the scent a lot and then they get really excited. It's kind of like if you have a really nice umbrella that you want to see and that's it's right. raining out, you're like, ooh, I get to use exactly. my umbrella. Exactly. I honestly though... feel a little happy about it whenever I do. I'm always like, oh, it's raining. I need my umbrella because the color of it is just happy to me. Um, and then I, I want to point out one uh, last other thing is um, find lightness and humor in each day. I think it's important kind of to take that break. We talked about earlier it being traumatizing to – overload yourself with your traumatic experience and I think uh being able to take some breaks find humor like laugh at a joke that you wouldn't necessarily have laughed at before because we need that little break and so I've been finding myself pulling up different tv shows and just um Connie and I have done like a tv show exchange where we're exchanging like favorite shows growing up and so it's been nice just to watch one and just get just to try to laugh and try to like um, change things up. Um, one of these on here is uh, take time to um, let's see something about expressive art. Um, it's like crafting expressive art and uh, find an expressive art and go for it. So the other day I asked uh, one of my roommates, Olivia to teach me how to play the ukulele and we got um a little ways into it, but just enough that it felt new. It was something I've never tried before and uh, ended up making it my own in my own way um, and allowed myself just to toy around with, you know, alternately strumming and screaming. And um, it was just fun. I felt like a child for a hot second. And I, I look forward to going back to that that expressive art and it doesn't have to be painting or a traditional art of singing or something it can be whatever you want just express julie and i were doing a little bit of expressive yoga nonsense earlier as we (laughs) were emoting 
Um, and that was that felt like a, healthy movement. Exactly, healthy movement. Um, the other thing that struck me was expect behavioral issues in children, and I added and adults to that. <laughs> Good ad. <laughs> um, because I find myself dealing with behavioral issues and maybe temper tantrums or what we would call temper tantrums but it's this expressed expression of emotion and I just don't know how to handle it and um so as you know we do have to go to the grocery you know you're standing in line and you're just you're still engaging with people but we're all in this together but don't expect people to behave as we all normally would we're all like our cortisol levels are our stress levels are up um, so if you do have children, expect behavioral issues. If you don't have children, or even if you do have children and there are other adults around, expect behavioral issues there as well. And then, um, one of the last things that I, you know, I, I took away from this is remind yourself that this is temporary and, um, you know, kind of come back to that, that this isn't permanent that this too will pass, this too will change and it'll evolve. And like we talked about earlier with adaptation, um, this is all an ongoing process, but we're all doing this together. We're all in this. You're not alone in experiencing what you're experiencing. Um, and, and it will change. I think that temporary nature, um, was also something that stuck out to me that I've been practicing is, knowing that this is a season, this is a storm. Um, Maya D'Angelo said that every storm runs out of rain. And I think that's kind of cool to think about it in terms of the weather too, because we're so aware of how temporary weather is that it shifts and changes. And so does this quarantine and so does COVID-19 and there's nothing about it that's permanent, even though it feels intense at the moment. And the other one that I liked from the article was number 13, which says um, lower expectations and practice radical self-acceptance. And so as we're learning how to pace ourselves and slow things down and maybe we don't get everything accomplished, um, that that's okay. It's okay to be where you are today. And that's a good thing to be able to um, show yourself some loving kindness. It will also help you to show that loving kindness to others. Julie, I like with that 13 as well, there's the last sentence that says, you cannot fail at this. There is no roadmap, no precedent for this. And we are all truly doing the best we can in an impossible situation. That's a great quote. Yeah, that might be a good thing to end uh, everything on. You know, uh, we had a lot of gratitudes throughout um, all of this and maybe even a gratitude at the end. What do you guys think? Do you want to do gratitudes or are you good? Yeah, I can do gratitudes. Look at Sarah coming up with the gratitude after she was thinking she was done and had zero. <laughs> See how that shifts and changes? I know. I'm not alone. And, and I was vulnerable. And that takes a huge That's such a beautiful a thing. Step. Yes. Um, so should I head right into my gratitude right now? Yep. Go for it. Okay. I am grateful for water. And I am grateful for vulnerability, even in moments when I didn't think I needed to be vulnerable, if I just allow myself to be real and allow myself to express that. 
that we are all in this together and people will come and be with you in those moments like Samuel was for me. Um, and like Julie has been for me and my roommates have been for me throughout this in many different ways. Um, I am grateful to not be going through this traumatic experience alone. Mm. That's such good stuff, Sarah. I love all of that. Um, yes. <laughs> I think I would say I am thankful uh, for us being together and I'm so looking forward to whenever we can be together in person, but I am really thankful whenever we are just, um, we are gathered together and we are connecting and we are reaching out as well to connect with others. And that is so important. And I'm so grateful that that is part of our human experience um, that is needed and something that um, just refuels us, refreshes us and is life giving for us. Yeah, I'll close it up. You know, um, I think right here in this moment, I am um, very grateful for just community, being able to reach out and feeling people reach out back is very comforting and having these moments of bonding. I would also say I think that investing in community roots is paying off in a lot of ways for me just in how to deal with these stressful events like as far as the listener goes, I've had some outside conversations with mom, you know, that happens, but, uh, like the majority of my mental health, like growth has happened from, well, it's happened privately as well. But just to say, if you listen to these episodes, you've caught up a lot of what I've learned. <laughs> so, um, I, I'm thankful for that because I've also felt a lot of my friends become stressed and, um, needed support. And I've been able to kind of assist them in ways that are, uh, beneficial and healthy rather than just being like, yeah, how about you just go get wasted tonight and, um, it'll be better in the morning. And so, um, anyway, I'm, I'm very grateful for my own growth, you know, and how in periods of stress, it kind of brings out strength. And, um, anyway, so, I would encourage everybody who's listening to practice some of these gratitudes at home. Use some of the check-in questions that uh, we talked about. I'll post those and go through the habits uh, in the link that I send out and say, what am I doing well? And um, kind of coming at it from a position of strength and then maybe grab some ideas too if you're feeling a little bit stressed and overwhelmed. But anyway, that is our episode for today. Um, we will see everyone next week with... Um, off the beaten path I believe um, and if not we'll have some cool extra bonus content for you so um, I hope everybody stays safe um, and stays healthy and remember it's only temporary so we'll see you next week bye everybody bye